Joining me in studio, if you follow us on social media, you absolutely know what's next, is comedian Alfred Adrian. How is it, man? This is a Jake and Ming. Ik is half Afrikaans, half Engels. My ma and my pa het my gedeel. So yes, it's lovely to be here. It's my first time at Two Oceans Vibe. Very difficult to get into the building. It's like it's MIB here. You must go knock twice on the door, three doors down. Then the floor opens. Then they suck you in and then you get into this beautiful studio. Did you read the sign up above the elevator? It says the world's slowest elevator. Does it say mm. that? I don't even, I'm going to take a picture on the way out though. <laughs> So thanks for having me. It's lovely to be in Cape Town. 100%. Before we chat about this incredible festival taking yes. over the city, yeah. we need to talk about you. Let's How did your love for comedy start? Well, I actually, and this is a story for the youngsters out there, I found that I had a job that was paying me extremely well. And when I say extremely well, I went overseas multiple times. <laughs> Just want everyone to know I had medical aid. And uh, I didn't like the job. I was in marketing for 10 or 11 years. I loved parts of it, but I didn't really love it. And I've always been fascinated ever since high school uh, about stand-up. But I come from a place called Henke. There's no stand-up there. Vastard. Yeah, and you're going to soapbox cream. It's time and scream. Yeah, Mikey. So it's just outside of Jeffrey's Bay. Okay. It's a very small town. Um, very proud to be from there. And so I went to high school in PE. I saw Mark Lottering one day. He came to the opera house. I was in row. Q15. Wow, hectic. And I remember it like yesterday. And I was like, this dude, I think I could do this. But this is fascinating. Jump three years, uh, jump 10, 15 years later, I opened for Mark Lottering. And wow. I, wrote, I left a note in, in row Q15 and the person never responded. I said, this is where the dream started. And I just left it there. But I opened for him in that same theater, which is an interesting thing. So after, long story short, I went to, I was in marketing. I worked for all these multinationals. It was a great job. It was everything your parents wanted you to have. And then, you know, some, it was always nagging that I should try this. I should try this. At lunchtime, I was a sensation. At, you know, just chatting. Mm-hmm. And people liked like what I had to say. And it was always a laugh around me. I mean, how do you tell your parents, Kiki, I want to be a funny man? Listen, slowly. <laughs> Extremely slowly and with, with care, you know, because yeah, they're very proud. They're telling everyone, no, uh, he's got a degree now. Okay. I mean, not even from Demlin, from a real university. <laughs> <laughs> All those people from Demlin going say. Anyway, when I started doing stand-up, I started doing it as like a night shift thing. So like I would do an open spot every night. And slowly but surely, not slowly, very quickly actually, I became quite popular and then start. I remember telling my dad, dad, they're paying me like a grand to do it. He's like, really? But you must just watch your day job, eh? You must just do it on the weekends. And I said, but daddy, it's, I can't just weekends. I must. Then when the money got bigger, eventually I said, dad, they pay me this amount. Now he said, the people at work must just understand now that this is what you do on the side. <laughs> so then things transitioned. And when I left my day job, it was sort of, they'd already seen the color of the paint. They saw, okay, well, he's doing this a lot now. He's getting booked to go overseas. It's... It's becoming a bit ridiculous. And then I also was very open with him as to what my needs were out of life and what my costs were and how I was going to cover it. And then I wasn't married and I didn't have a kid at the time. Now I've got a child and a marriage. And so this joke's pay for, for school. But it, that's how it worked. 100% man. And Lang look, anwurde. Away. Looking back on your career though, has yeah. there been like a defining moment where you're like, yo, that was the best thing I've ever done. We yes. need to get there again. It's a weird thing, and I don't know if you can look back on it. It's eight years. It's a very short career. So I, I hope, hopefully I'll still be in 20 years. 
then we can look back hard. But uh, there are defining moments and some of them are not as um, spectacular as what people may think. So the first one is obviously the first night that it stand up and I just did stand up and the instinct that I had just kicked in because the room was actually Afrikaans and I shifted to Afrikaans and people were like, huh? Afrikaans? And it was like, yeah, anything to make the joke work. And it was instinctive. And so the promoter said, he isn't seeing that. He doesn't see that all the time. And he said, you've got an instinct for this thing because you, you, you're present. Then, bam, jump forward to the first time they paid me. So, someone paid me three. <laughs> Jason Goliath, the Goliaths paid yes, me yes, 300 yes. rand. And they said, you're a paid comic now. That's a huge thing to my mind. It was. And then there's another jump where I, Joe Parker started paying me. And then the f- defining moment for me was when someone called me and said, we're going to offer you X amount. And it's just a very vain thing to say, but you have to look deeper than that. It, it represents something else. Someone said to me, listen, if you come on the road with us and do the stand-up, you're going to have to leave your day job. But guess what? We're going to give you enough money so that you don't have to go to that day job. Yeah. And that is the defining thing. Because then that meant I was now really, you know, there was no leash anymore. Yeah, the, the, the parachute is cut. We are jumping. And it... And that, that was a big, that is the biggest defining moment because from that moment on, I was the stand-up comedian. The job title wasn't, now I'm the marketing manager of XYZ. It was, and I do stand-up. It was, I'm a stand-up. That's what mm-hmm. I do. And then people started asking, but how do you pay for potatoes with that money? So that, those are the moments. And then there's obviously like really cool moments. Now, cool moments aren't necessarily defining. It's the moment where you perform in New York for the first time and you're following David Spade and... You, you're handling the audience and you've been invited to Sydney, Australia and they want you to do a couple of weeks and you walk on stage and you realize it's 90% Australians and you say Bucky and then I like 18% and then that those are other cool moments you know i hear you in the eight years that you've been doing this 100 yes. you've must have had a couple of hecklers along your way oh. how, how do you handle that that's an hecklers for me weirdly enough it's it's all about your body language i always say you always hear these horrible stories about people i've got hijacked three times and i've got mugged six times and you have to ask yourself, why am I the target? Why is it so comfortable? Why are people so comfortable robbing me? And often it's, they prey on the weak. People prey on the weak. That's nature. Hmm. A lion doesn't, a lioness doesn't chase the healthy gazelle if there's a crippled gazelle next to it. Or disabled, sorry. This is radio. Disabled gazelle. <laughs> I apologize profusely. Uh, they go for the week. That's always like that. So it's the same thing with comedy. When I walk, I give a body language that people sit in to go, mm, if I say something here, yeah, I'm going to get knocked down hard. And so I've actually not had to deal with a lot of heckling. But they do exist. They, I've had them. I've had the situation. You try, and it's a process. It's a short, it's like a process. First of all, they start heckling. It starts slow. <laughs> then you you ignore it. And then when it gets louder, because that person wants to be part of the show, then you you shut it down. And when you shut it down, you do that firmly so that the audience is on your side, not on theirs. You don't want to do it in a way that the audience feels sympathetic to their cause. Uh-huh. And then when things really escalate, then now things are, gloves are coming off. But lucky for me, I've never, I've maybe had those issues like you once or twice. 
And also, you must remember, it's a show and people come and sometimes the guy's drunk and you must just let that be, you know, and the bouncer must deal with that. But it happens. And it's scary. <laughs> it's scary. 100%. You yeah. are based in Johannesburg now. Yes. So the main reason why you're in Cape Town is yes. not for our lovely beaches and beautiful table mountains. Everything is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I really do. The water is bloody cold, but it's, I love it. I'm from Jeffrey's, like Jeffrey's Bay area. You can swim. Yeah. Mm-mm. I've never swam in Cape Town. I've been here so many times. I go, oh, it's a beautiful beach. We need to get you a bodysuit. Let me get a coffee here along and watch it. <laughs> watch the beach. Uh, so, yeah, I'm here for the comedy festival. Yes. I'm here for the Cape Town International Comedy Festival, which is uh, something that I'm like, it's been resurrected. It's uh, years old. It was here 10 years ago. And this is the first year after 10 years that it's been brought back. Damn. And I don't know if you, if people out there don't know, they should really make a plan and go to uh, capetowncomedyfestival.com or .co.za, just go and Google it and go and look at the lineups. Those lineups are, we've got Alonzo Bowden here. And if people don't understand who Alonzo, Alonzo Bowden used to, is a veteran in comedy. He knows everybody and he's amazing. And he's hosting the show called The Danger Zone every night this week. They are fantastic acts. All the way... Also, like even now, an international act that's from Cape Town, Luis Ogola is here. Mm-hmm. And we don't see him anymore. People don't know. He lives in London. He doesn't live in South Africa. He hasn't lived in South Africa for the last three years. So he's also here. There's a lot of fantastic acts. There was Bafani Bafani the other night, which had all the South African acts on. And one or two, a sprinkle of the internationals were also in there. And then you have the Danger Zone and there's something called the UN. And then there's an all-female show. There's a lot oh, of really damn. cool stuff. And then I'm hosting what they call Funny Talks, which is... Over lunchtime, if you have a if you have a little time, come down to the Artscape. It's literally thirty rand. It's cheap, man. Buy the ticket, come in, and there's a small theater at the bottom in which we discuss the industry things. So I get to, today. I got to interview Joe Parker, and that is the guy that owns Parker's Comedy and Jive in Johannesburg. Uh, in the week, I'm going to be interviewing uh, the well founding member of Zar News. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the week, we have Luis Ogola again. So we're going to have an hour. And what's nice about that is that you get to ask questions. If you're sitting there and you've always wondered about anything, today people were asking questions left, right, and center. It's very cool for youngsters to come to, and it's very cool for people that are interested in the, in the inner workings of how comedy actually works mm. in the business around it. So that's what we do during the day. And it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And it's, um, it's, it's really worth, worth the money. It, if, in fact, that's the stuff I look forward to when I go to these international festivals. So, yes. Awesome, man. Fantastic. Quite. And where can people grab their tickets? It's uh, the, All the tickets are on the webpage. You must just go click. Uh, it's www.capetowncomedyfestival.com and just go and check it out. And there's tickets and links. Everything is right there. 100%. Really Thank you, you coming? for coming through. Are you coming? W- to shows. When is this? You must, we'll speak off air and get you all this. Tickets, you see people, I can smell free. Yes, that you want to free. Yeah, I'm just free. kidding. Actually, <laughs> You'll get it. It's one of your shows because uh, yes, it's yes. in the afternoon. Yes, it's during lunch and I'm back there. On when you say Saturday. lunch, Cape Town have different lunches. One o'clock. Thanks. One to two. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, buddy. Where can people follow you on socials? And I see all am the, all the deeds? on Alfred Adrian, A-L-F-R-E-D-A-D-R-I-A-N on Instagram. On YouTube, I've got a vlog as well. Oh. And I interview people there as well. In this interesting people in the industry. And then on Twitter, the same thing. And, of course, Facebook. And just, I will accept you as a friend. And I will even reply. I mean, I'm that kind of guy. And if you see me in the street, please, let's do a selfie. I need it for my self-esteem. 